Hey all, Tyler here. I wanted to apologize for getting this episode out so ungodly late. Our original plan was that we were going to have three Halloween episodes in October to make up for the fact that we missed a second episode in August. But we kind of hit a roadblock because the third episode, aka this one, that we were going to do was on the 1967 Rankin-Bass project, Mad Monster Party, which is a movie we're... Not exactly fond of, but due to the untimely passing of Jules Bass, rest in peace, we decided it would have been a bad taste to rip on a movie he was involved with right after he passed, so instead we decided to do this one, and that's kind of why it took so long to get this one out, you know, since we had to scramble with our schedules and whatnot. So again, apologies for that, and I'm hoping this month to get three episodes out instead of the usual two, but... I can't exactly make any promises to that, so we'll at least see how it fares in December. So, stay tuned on that. And now, on with the show. And welcome to the final week of Funeral KRT, where like most haunts, we're gonna keep everything going for another week due to scheduling issues. I'm Tyler Greeninch. I tried. How bad can I be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. I'm Kit Quinn, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Was it worth it? Well, I know the answer. I know it's I know it's yes, but I had a very, very, very brief Onceler phase when that movie first came out, and I am just We forgive you. Aww. <laughs> You're forgiven, especially because now you have a doc doc face. Just objectively better. <laughs> I'm Rand I am. At least you're not Rand Paul. <laughs> Or Ayn Rand. And here to help us close out our Halloween festivities, we have a very special guest. You know her on Twitter and in our Discord server as Guess I'm Demons. <laughs> you know her as my lovely girlfriend. Please Go. welcome to the show, Lottie. Hi. Bestie. Hi. Hi. Finally. Tonight I learned that Whoville is New Jersey. And that's all I got for you. <laughs> Oh my god, I just realized your your Seuss name could be the Lottie Rex. Oh, <laughs> Wait, well, we have to give her a Halloween name, so... Slottery? The Slottery just sounds like a horror-themed, like, lottery show, where it's like, instead of little balls rolling in the lottery numbers, it's like little eyeballs, and you have this, like, monster guy pick them up, and he'll be like, seven. <laughs> wow the sequel to squid game sounds great okay we're making the slaughtery a thing and it's gonna be the most cheesy horror thing ever it's oh gonna be like 80s God. 50s yes. movie schlock and it's gonna be awesome we have to get robert england to host it that's a given yes, yes. yes. and i need <laughs> to be i need it to be as beetlejuicy as possible Squid oh, Game, The yeah. Running Man, basically insert other 80s. This is what you're betting your way. Actually, given how many people are saying, I wouldn't go out on Grinch Night for insert amount of sense, this might as well be a new season of Squid Game. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about the 1977 Dr. Seuss TV special, Halloween is Grinch Night. And I gotta tell you, this is a very interesting piece of Seuss media in that it's the only 
thing I can think of Seuss related that's intentionally scary. Uh, once they started making adaptations in the 70s for Seuss, they started getting a lot more experimental with the art direction because I remember growing up, I really loved the Cat in the Hat 1971 special, and that had some trippy ass art direction in it. I remember the brief period in the mid 2000s where Universal was just re releasing all the old Seuss shorts. I'm not sure if this was one of them, but I think I found out about this movie through those reissues. And I also learned of another interesting piece of Seuss media, The Grinch, Grinch's The Cat in the Hat, which to kid me was equally as terrifying, I should say. <laughs> so the thing about 70s animation is that you were only allowed to do four things, basically. Trippy, Scooby-Doo ripoff, celebrities, or porn. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes all four. Hey! <laughs> the 70s could be a bit of a mixed bag for animation, mostly because sometimes they were really limited in their resources. And Either but- way, your budget was $5 and a six-pack of Coke. but i gotta say that when it got good it got really damn good like they weren't afraid to go all all out get all experimental even disney during this time as much as that's supposed to be their dark era they managed to get some really good stuff out of that as well and and it's really interesting that dr seuss ted geisel was willing to branch out into like animated media not just the books because We got some really out there shit. Like, we got this. We got the Hoover Bloob Highway. Again, we got the Grinch Grinches, the Cat in the Hat, which is another one we got to do one of these days. Yes. We also got the Lorax and Horton Hears a Who adaptations. Funny enough, when I owned the original Grinch movie as a kid, it came as a double feature of VHS. But with Horton Hears a Who, I'm genuinely surprised they didn't add this one, but... I wonder if it was like some licensing thing with Warner Brothers. But yeah, I learned about this special, well, it's probably not the easiest name to mention these days. I learned about it from the Nostalgia Critic. And yes, yes. And I actually remember catching little pieces of it somewhere else. So it was in his top 11 nostalgic mind folks, wasn't it? That's what it was. Okay, I was trying to remember what that was from. And I gotta say it also helped because I had actually seen little bits and pieces of the special before I'd seen that review. So for everything now that you can say about it, it did help me rediscover this special. And it was really great to really get to find it again. Also for the listener, no, I haven't seen Phyllis's recently uploaded video on this yet. So if I parrot any jokes from that unintentionally i'm sorry timing <laughs> yay i really do i really do need to go back down the phallus rabbit hole i used to love his videos Same. agreed it's actually kind of interesting looking at this because apparently this is a prequel to the original grinch which i guess makes sense but for some reason the seuss franchise was just obsessed with making the grinch a straight up bastard for a while like not just mm-hmm. hating christmas but we're gonna get to it later but he's a fucking savage in this oh god and i love it to the point where i actually think that his antics in this are fucking hilarious and probably even better than the the original grinch cartoon so absolutely like in this one because boris karloff had sadly passed away by this point they got hans conried who you may recognize as captain hook yes he gives a brilliant voice performance here like it fits the grinch perfectly he was kind of giving me jewish uncle vibes at first (laughs) i'm not sure why but i just wish they could have got chuck jones on this one 
Oh man, oh, yeah. yeah. Like oh, the man. the one thing about this that it will never match up to the original one is just the Chuck Jones style. Absolutely. Although this one was directed by a guy, Gerard Baldwin, who had actually worked on a lot of Smurfs media before this, so that was interesting. This one definitely reflected the style of the actual Seuss books way more. Yes, like the Grinch looks a lot more like how he did in the book here and a lot less Chuck Jonesy, I've noticed. I, I feel like making something less Chuck Jonesy is kind of a downgrade, but you know, we can't always get what we want. Also, Thurl Ravenscroft actually returned to provide singing vocals for this one. Oh, yes, I noticed that. The Hell goat yeah. himself? Meow Reese? <laughs> we gotta add him to the no escape list soon, by the way. Well, Paul, well, Paul Freeze and the Mellow Men are part of the chorus in this, so... I love Paul Freeze because every fucking role he does, he's like, wait, we, got, we gotta bring the boys with me. The boys! Saturday is for the boys. Oh, God, no! Although, whenever Paul Freeze and the Mellow Men get together, I'm assuming that the Mellow Men have to be in gray face paint to look like their statue counterparts in the Haunted Mansion. Also, another big name involved with this, Joe Raposo was the composer for this. That's right of Sesame Street fame. God, so this is kind of a weird bookend in that our first topic had Johnny Costa from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Now we have Joe Raposo from Sesame Street, and I gotta say, it's so fucking awesome when they get out of their comfort zone. Fuck yeah, they really get to go all out here, and I gotta imagine also the animators had a ton of fun with this one as well, because they got to really go all out with their nightmare fuel designs in the best way. This was produced by David H.D. Pate and Frizz Frailing, who were, I believe at that time, were handling the Tom and Jerry shorts, I think. Frizz Frailing also being of the um, Golden Age of Looney Tunes alumni. So, needless to say, this special was in pretty good hands. Hell yeah. I was expecting when I very first discovered it that I wasn't going to like it at first because I was like, I don't know, they're erasing a lot of what made the Grinch still so enjoyable. But once I watched it, I was like, fuck yeah, I love this. They managed to make it really work even when it gets really dialogue heavy. And I love how it isn't afraid to genuinely scare kids. Like, if anything, the big buildup is what ultimately makes the ending so the way it is. It kind of goes out with a whimper and I kind of love that it does. Agreed. But of yeah. course, we'll get to that in a second. I do want to get into my Seuss history for a second because I kind of have some baggage I need to drop and that when I was a kid, I always did like the Seuss books, but there was just something about them that creeped me out. And, like, the ringleader of all of that was, of course, the fucking cat in the hat, oh, who I was great. fucking petrified of as a kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, don't don't kids love home invaders that, you know, mess up your house and, you know, try to get you in trouble for it? Why does the Seuss franchise love demonizing the Grinch so much when the cat in the hat is right there? Like, he's a creepy motherfucker. Kid, they did villainize the cat in the hat. What do you think the 2003 movie was for? <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I love that movie. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. As an adaptation of the book, it's complete dog shit. As its own thing, it's a fucking masterpiece. If they had just framed this as, like, a parody of Seuss, it would have been gold. But looking back as a kid, I couldn't really explain why I was afraid of the cat in the hat. It got to the point where, when I was around the demographic for that Wobbulous World of Dr. Seuss show, I just wouldn't fucking watch it. 
at all. Yeah, I would not fucking watch it. And I have the specific core memory of going into of like a Hallmark with my aunt as a kid, and I saw this this Dr. Seuss like Christmas card with the cat in the hat poking out. But it's like the live action like meet and greet cat in the hat that you see of Islands of Adventure. Oh, and you see like the top of his head, and it fucking freaked me out. I was having like just a meltdown in the store trying to get away from it. Oh man, I I relate to that because I remember that the mental breakdown scene in Cat in the Hat 1971 used to freak me out badly. Shut cat in a shlap I'm a 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 shut That's enough of that. I'm a cat in a hat. Yeah, I can kind of see why this one's been a little bit forgotten to time. It's because I can say that if you're so used to the style of the original Grinch movie, it's going to look a little off-putting by that and because of all the scary imagery. But I definitely highly recommend checking it out if you haven't because it's really fun. So getting into this special, I think we should address the elephant in the room in that we don't know exactly what the timeline is on this. It's kind of vague as to whether it's happened before or after Christmas. Well, they say it's a prequel, so I imagine before, but yeah. So we jump into this special with some of the trippy opening, and it's pretty delightful. It rings of a lot of, I don't know how to describe it, a lot of how a lot of the Peanuts movies in the 70s would open with kind of that jazzy sound and that whole, let's build up the imagery that you're in for and just everybody's on LSD. (laughs) Oh, God. This really, this really was the 70s in the best way possible. It was the 70s. Everyone was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Even your dogs were doing acid. Also, when they cut to Whoville and they're sniffing the air, I was like, it's cocaine. <laughs> Get a sniff of that sweet, sweet New Jersey air. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is New Jersey smells like sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's all the time, because I think that's true. I've smelled it before. Close enough. That means Harley Quinn is somewhere in Whoville, and I love that. I'm just saying, breathing in that air just just probably cut some of those Who's lifespans off by, like, ten years. Also, Grandma Mariah looked so much like Dee Dee Pickles, it was distracting. Oh, she kind of did, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then, as they're all singing about how we gotta lock up, I'm just like, are you sure there aren't, like, Grinch-denying who's that were like, fuck you, I won't be held down by fear. I'm going to go out on Grinch night, and I don't care what happens. If I die, I die. You mean Eucariah? Yes. But, I mean, he <laughs> had a reason. He was going to stand up to the Grinch. They're going to spend a night in the paraphernalia wagon and still deny everything, probably out of trauma. <laughs> he just, out of nowhere, is kind of like, hey, I have to go to the euphemism, and... You know, he was walking towards an outhouse, so at first I thought, oh, is euphemism a euphemism for the shitter? I kind of love that they call it the euphemism. It's just such a- it sounds like a Seuss land already, and I love it. I can't explain why, but it just makes it sound even dirtier. <laughs> like, euphemism for what? What are you trying to do here? Kid, what are you gonna do? <laughs> and also the reason the grinch comes out on grinch night is because of a whole bunch of happy accidents like once the sweet and sour wind starts the 
Leap Glop start growling. The f- no, hack- the Gree Grumps and the Hacking Cracks. The Gree Grumps and the Hackings. Hey, I'm <laughs> Grump. I'm not so Grump. grump and, and we're, we're the Gree Grumps. God. <laughs> so basically what happens is a bunch of Bobcats start screaming and that upsets a bunch of Loch Ness Monsters and they start screaming and that makes the air smell like sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's for some reason. Oh God, everybody in Whoville is going to start harassing McDonald's workers for the, Mc- the Rick and Morty sauce. Oh no 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 no! We don't talk about that. <laughs> also, oh, dub dub. Ah! No, they're gonna be harassing them for the BTS meal. It's a wonderful night for eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the Grinch's eyebrows are fucking sentient. Can we talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Hi. Um. Original. Uh. Grinch story. Why didn't you touch on the fact that he has sentient eyebrows? <laughs> His eyebrows are the ones who tell him, hey, man, you shouldn't steal Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Do the eyebrows just, like, go into hibernation in the winter or something? That should have been a part of his backstory in Grinch 2000. They should have given an extremely long, unnecessary backstory to the eyebrows. Do you think his eyebrows go grocery shopping for him? Yes. yes (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, his eyebrows are probably the only ones, like, allowed in Whoville at this point. (laughs) I don't even know how, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of spoiling it, you know. Forgive me for spoiling this nearly 50-year-old um, Halloween special, but... How dare um, you? <laughs> Max does end up going with Yukariya, which, like, if this is a prequel, I am to assume that they saw Yukariya coming back with the Grinch's dog, and they were like, fuck no, put it back. <laughs> that is the I- Grinch's dog. What is wrong with you? And now Max has to deal with him. That or the Grinch maybe adopted another dog and named him Max because, I mean, he looks kind of different, so. (laughs) Yeah, I think it just might be a new Max. We're gonna need a new Max. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need another Max. (laughs) Also known as Denial. Yay. Yay. So the grandfather Josiah sings about how he won't go out for, like, very specific prices. Like, for starters, he sings, I wouldn't go out on a night like this for $2.50. And I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. That shit's below minimum wage. How to tell this was made before inflation. I mean, just think of the poor who's who have to work in the gig economy and still deliver, like, your who dash or whatever i i don't know it's so weird it's like that's such a specific amount like there's actually a lot of really like meaningless things that no i wouldn't do for a dollar and 50 cents i wouldn't do your dishes for a (laughs) dollar and 95 cents that doesn't mean that i would die if i do your dishes also the line i i like this with my glasses off you put your glasses back on and face the facts that's got to be a metaphor for propaganda, right? Just wait till we get back to that line later. Wasn't that like a really popular Tumblr post for a while? Because oh, it was, was. yes. It was with the spoiler, the one where they use it again with the Grinch, but yeah. Just the way Hans Conried just sells that line is just fucking beautiful. I like you much better with my glasses off. You put your glasses back on and face the facts. And that's another thing, too. Hans Conried is having the time of his fucking life as the Grinch. Absolutely. Like, I will admit he's no Boris Karloff, but he still puts his all into this, and it's a fuck ton of fun. It's actually kind of funny because at points he was ringing so much of Christopher Lloyd that I had to double check to make sure that wasn't him. (laughs) 
Also, I hate to admit it, but I feel like Grinch 2000 was very inspired by this special because of how Ooh, the Grinch, yes. Grinch sounds exactly like him in that one. <laughs> I gotta say that if they ever did a live action Halloween is Grinch night, God forbid, just imagine the fucking sheer trauma that movie would have caused. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. More trauma than the 2000 Grinch movie, though? <laughs> Weirdly enough, I was never afraid of the Grinch as a kid. It was always the cat in the hat that did it for me. Valid. Like, the intentionally scary Dr. Seuss character isn't scary to me, but the one you're supposed to find funny is. The Grinch should have been the Tumblr sexy man. Changed my mind. No! Also, I love that they casually kind of bring up that Eukariah has astigmatism. I actually have astigmatism, so I was like, huh, nice little bit of representation. I dig it. He does kind of go on a nerd rant, though. <laughs> Nerd! <laughs> Nerd! Yukariah dodges the draft. Actually, I wonder if they if they leaned in way more of this special. I feel like the Grinch could have been a metaphor for the Vietnam War. Change my Oh my mind. god. Also, also, just listening to those names, Yukariah, Zachariah, they're Amish, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, they, they are. are. Yeah, yeah. We just spend in most our lives living in a Whoville paradise. So speaking of songs, the Grinch Night Ball was a really good song, and I kind of wish they would have expanded on it because you could have gotten like these scenes of the Grinch, you know, fantasizing about how he's gonna traumatize the Who's. And I gotta say, I was also getting a lot of mileage out of the clunky ass dancing animation that we got. Yeah, it was pretty fun to look at. <laughs> there was one point where he turns around and it looks like He's doing the, the fake making out motion or whatever. He was going to fuck Grandma Mariah. Changed my mind. <laughs> so uh, we just had a 2000s Dr. Seuss movie moment in a 70s Dr. Seuss movie. Oh, God. So the real meaning of Grinch Knight is that he comes in and he fucks your woman. Yay. <laughs> bah, why didn't this special have Martha May? Zero stars. <laughs> that That's how he steals Christmas, too. He, you know, comes in dressed as Santa and he fucks your wife. <laughs> How do we know that little girl wasn't his possible daughter because of this? Guess. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, Cindy Lou Who isn't in this. So I guess he is the father. Oh, my God. <laughs> who knows? Ha, who knows? Well, then we just uncovered something. <laughs> also, the Grinch tries to kill the last Wuzzy Wuzu. I mean, that Wuzzy Wuzu wasn't minding his business, so. <laughs> True. <laughs> or it was a mob hit. <laughs> What is he, a dentist on a trip to Africa? We skipped over the Grinch Alarm Center, which, well, I guess that was out of commission once Christmas fucking rolled up. Also, the guy running it sounded a lot like Billy West. This is not a recording. This is me in person. Your Grinch Alarm Warden, Sergeant Samuel S. McPherson. It is my duty to inform you if conditions improve or if they worsen. Yeah, he was actually voiced by Henry Gibson, who was actually the guy who fell in the car in Blues Brothers. Oh, that's another thing, too. Paul Winchell was one of the singers for the paraphernalia wagon segment. That's right. And June Foray. Speaking of the paraphernalia wagon, which is what the Grinch carries around, that is such a lit fucking name. I'm surprised that he isn't carrying at least some illegal substances in that. <laughs> He was delivering a bunch of pot in there. So this is war on drugs propaganda because he clearly got Eucariah stoned. Plot twist, there wasn't anything in the paraphernalia wagon. He just got him doped up on hallucinogenics. <laughs> I love Dr. Seuss, like, terminology so much. You have, like, real words that are just, like, you know 
crazy sounding, the euphemism, paraphernalia. And if he can't find one, he just makes one up. The, the wizzy woozle or whatever the fuck that endangered species thing was called. I love that he has all these random animals with various names. And then he's like, oh yeah, there's a dog. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't talk about Max's arc yet. He's such a good boy. He is. Although, man, it adds a weird twist to their relationship with this because it's like, dang. He's talking about how he had this life before the Grinch and how his aunt would be so unproud of him. And just, it's... It's fucked up. The song is actually fucking sad. Yeah. How is he worse to Max in this than he is to him in the Christmas one? Like, at least in the Christmas one, it's all cartoony. And at the end, he ultimately shows he still loves him, but... Yeah. Like in the cartoon, Max comes off as more of, like, you know, the bumbling sidekick that he gets aggravated at. Whereas here, he's just, like, abusing this animal. I, I don't mean this as disrespect, but was Gary Shapiro going through puberty while voicing you, Kariah? Because his voice kind of cracks a lot. <laughs> we have Arthur at home. Arthur at home. and then he then he's like oh a doggy i'm gonna take you home it's like you can't just take dogs that aren't yours you every day when you're walking down the street you get kidnapped by a grinch and he traumatizes the shit out of you and i say hey hey every day when you're walking down the street you just pick up a dog and leave (laughs) good for you kid also, speaking of cute animals, I'm just gonna say it. The green grumps are cute. I want one. They are. Same. I want yes. one. I want so snuggly. I also love how Eukariah is basically just trolling the Grinch, and he's all, "Oh, I like being scared," and it's just clearly driving the Grinch crazy. <laughs> also, another thing I just remembered too, in the Grinch Night Ball dancing segment, he makes himself shrink and then grow to the size of a kaiju oh God. why doesn't he just destroy whoville yeah why, why doesn't he... he just stomp on the entire town <laughs> he's got some weird logic <laughs> the monty python foot it's it's very obvious that the who's are racist so like let's just get rid of it yeah fuck him why should he have to change for these assholes exactly literally in the christmas special he hates them just because he hates noise and he doesn't like it being noisy Dude's probably neurodivergent and having sensory overload. That's actually kind of what Grinch 2018 does. They give him an anxiety disorder in that one, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I actually think that movie's kind of underrated, honestly. Ooh, yes. (laughs) Definitely a way better Illumination Seuss movie than the Lorax, that's for sure. (laughs) Also, like I said, the scene with Max remembering, you know, like his life before the Grinch it's legitimately sad and then when you get the grinch straight up mocking him for it like it's even worse in your puppy house baby with sweet auntie woofy woofoon feeding you hominy grits with a big silver spoon yeesh this is straight up abusive like max don't go back to that fucker also, if I do have one nitpick about this special is that sometimes the little too dialogue heavy, like they'll have someone say, Until finally Eucariah said, Grandpa Josiah? And Grandpa Josiah said, Yes, Eucariah? And Eucariah said, Grandpa, we've stood and we've stood and stooding just stooding produces no good. We get it. They're saying things. It's like the 1988 Alice, the stop motion one, where they'd always cut back to the little girl's lips. It was like, okay, we get it. It's Peppa Pig, but in the 1970s. 
god. Peppa was about to go do some cocaine and listen to the Ramones. We have to go to the euphemism, Peppa said. <laughs> Georgie just got picked up by the Grinch and we'll never see him again. <laughs> Who wants green eggs and back bacon? <laughs> oh, Meanwhile, Daddy Pig was too busy selling more cocaine to rich New York businessmen. Good for him. <laughs> Speaking of songs we really like, there's this segment when the Grinch is slowly coming down Mount Crumpet, and we get this song that's really cheerful, despite the fact that they're singing about how the Grinch is going to come fuck shit up. It has this very lighthearted tone to it, and it's just so funny because it's like, the Grinch is going to destroy everything we know. As the Grinch creeks ever closer to your little front yard gates. He's engaged in green, she practices, that every whom abominates, he defoliates, depreciates, deflating all the things he hates, and frequently expectorates. I love West Side Story. That's another thing, too. For something that promises a Grinch night, we don't really get an actual Grinch night, do we? Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We get a Grinch night. They don't even say Halloween in this. Eucariah fucks up Grinch Night. Yeah, this has nothing to do with Halloween except it be saying Halloween in the title. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to correct from earlier, it's actually not Henry Gibson who I was saying was voicing the sergeant. It was actually Jack DeLeon. He was the one who fell into the car. Yeah, Henry Gibson was actually the voice of Wilbur in Charlotte's Web. So, interesting. Mm. Also, yeah. I got brickles in my britches. <laughs> Words no comment. By. <laughs> That's what she said. No! <laughs> the office hater and Lottie just came out. <laughs> Listen, I sat through all nine seasons of that show. <laughs> oh, babe, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'll do you one worse. I'll do you one worse. I hyperfixated on friends in high school. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> of all the shows. Also, I love the irony in the fact that the Grinch watch alert guy is saying, oh, no, look what he's doing now when he's chasing the pink thingy, except no one can see what he's doing, you moron. You're speaking <laughs> through an audio-only medium. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that Whoville has Grinch wars? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, too. How many people are spreading, like, misinformation about the Grinch or whatever? <laughs> and that he's actually good for who I'm or... tired of them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking Grinch gay. <laughs> it's like that Simpsons bit where the chicken is in the oven and they think it's Homer. Now this technology is new to me, but I'm pretty sure that's Homer Simpson in the oven rotating slowly. His body temperature has risen to over 400 degrees. He's literally stewing in his own juices. Oh, God. Just imagine that in some twisted fucking universe, that at some point in Whoville, the Grinch is probably going to run for mayor. Oh, God, he's going to convince everybody we got to take down the holiday. So he'll be the opposite of Republicans that he'll say no Christmas at all. Oh, I was just about to say make Whoville Grinch again. <laughs> no, we get the scene where Eucariah confronts the Grinch and he's like, I want you to scare me. So at first, what the Grinch does is he attacks him with his eyebrows. <laughs> so again, that's full circle. But why eyebrows? So in the 2000 movie, he lied. It turns out he has Goob's backstory where it's like, Hey, Grinch, cool binder. Hey, Grinch, want to come over to my house today? They all hated me. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, you would think that the Grinch would really be into traumatizing 
this child even more. He's like, well, he can't actually want to be scared. It just takes the fun out of it. And then, let's just jump into it, guys. This is just a good fucking segment overall. The acid trip segment. Fuck yes. I need just the right stuff for it. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) where do you even begin with this segment it's beautiful that fucking score first of all joe raposo knew exactly what he was doing that song is catchy as all hell Although I was a little scared when I first saw those creatures in the robes. I was like, please tell me those aren't clansmen. I thought they had the same thought. (laughs) Well, I mean, in one shot, there's like this thing with four legs rolling and it's a fucking swastika. Oh, Oh, God. It's Freddy as FRO7 all over again. (laughs) They put a fucking swastika in it so much for all that anti-Nazi shit he did. Like, um, I, I want whoever animated that to, to give us an explanation right fucking now. And no, don't give me that bullshit. Oh, oh, but it's a, but, but, but it's a Hindu peace symbol, but it's a Buddhist peace symbol. Shut the fuck up. You knew what you were doing. Also, as if the paraphernalia couldn't sound dirtier, some of those creatures looked like sperm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say deflated balloon, but yeah. Also, let me go on record in saying that Thurl Ravenscroft and Paul Freese have some of the greatest fucking voices in media. And this really showcases it because their voices are so fucking smooth as butter. But also, they do a good job of giving you fucking chills down the back of your spine. There will never be other voice actors like them it matches perfectly and also i swear to god that one of the creatures was a crab experiment the one that's oh my called- god it was <laughs> oh no no, yes. no 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 it was a seuss experiments gasp <laughs> see also seuss paralysis demon <laughs> no, boo. yay <laughs> worth it i love you I love you too. Imagine if Seuss paralysis was like an actual thing and it literally was sleep paralysis, but like the hallucinations you have are like Seussian, I guess is the best way to. You're seeing what I saw as a kid. You're seeing the cat in the hat poke through your door and you're pissing yourself in bed. Okay, fuck Lovecraftian. We're done with Lovecraftian. When it comes to creating monsters, we're going Seussian. Oh, yes. Yes. We're going to have a big, scary, creepypasta monster called the Wuzzle Wizzle Wuzzle or whatever the fuck it is. And it's going to be Seuss looking and also terrifying at the same time. You know, I really, I really wish that Audrey Geisel, you know, as great as she was, as justified as she was in vetoing any live action movies past 2003. I kind of wish she would have let her guard down and given us at least like a fucking proper halloween horror nights seuss scare zone right that would be amazing the closest we got was this thing in seuss landing in i think 2002 where it was basically grinch night and that you had fog left and right when it was pretty much obscuring your view you couldn't see anything except for these projections on the walls of like who's like frantically running around because it's grinch night like trying to like stock up for Grinch Knight or whatnot. And 
I really wish they would have gone all out with it. Yes. While we were talking about Fox News earlier, remember how last year they threw a huge fucking fit over six books that no one even read before getting canceled? You just know yes. they'd be throwing a fit over this special. They'd say, oh, this is a satanic panic bullshit. Nah, the Grinch is satanic. I don't know. It encourages yeah. kids to take drugs. <laughs> You know that the same people today who threw a hissy fit over the Seuss Publishing Company saying, we don't want to publish specific books that aren't even popular because of racism. And they all threw a fucking hissy fit and acted like the cat in the hat was getting canceled by liberals. <laughs> I mean, we can cancel cat in the hat. No, we can and we will. Well, let's, um, let's cancel but- <laughs> him for being terrifying. That's another thing, too. Have you guys ever have you guys ever heard of Tim Allen's uh, cat in the hat movie pitch? Oh, God, I think I have. What? Yeah. So before before Mike Myers signed on, well, he, he didn't sign on. He was kind of forced into the role. But that's another story. Before Mike Myers was forced into the Cat in the Hat movie, uh, Tim Allen was going to do his own version of it where he was going to make the Cat in the Hat, like, fucking horrifying. Oh, God. <laughs> he was going to make it, like, about this guy played, of course, by Tim Allen, who slowly transforms into the Cat in the Hat. <laughs> so it's the Santa Claus. It's literally just the Cat in the Hat clause. <laughs> so, like, you know, fuck Tim Allen, but... I would have loved to see that just to see how they would have done that because I it probably would have been even more of a train wreck, quite frankly. Why are they making a Grinch horror movie that's probably going to get massively sued by the Seuss organization when the cat in the hat is right there? (laughs) Well, Kit, he's not the Grinch in that. He's the mean one. Yes. (laughs) As opposed to the nice one? Also, I love how it's been established also, not just in the 2000 movie, but pretty much in the parks at this point, that the Grinch really only begrudgingly changed his ways. (laughs) Like his heart, yeah, his heart grew three times that day, but he wasn't happy about it. (laughs) Because like, he's nice, he likes Christmas, but he's still a fucking asshole about it he's basically like Cusco. do you think we're gonna see a comeback of that trend where cops arrest the fucking grinch good god they completely did not read the story at all tell me you missed the point of the butter battle book without saying you missed the point of the butter battle book <sighs> try saying that three times fast no so this all ends when you Euchar- i won't actually when Eucariah tells the grinch hey the wind stops that means you gotta go home now bye what if we okay, did that bye what if we did that to bigots we just told them okay the wind changed you gotta go away now bye <laughs> punch a grinch but, but why <laughs> just punch a grinch whenever you can stand up to the grinch <laughs> yes why is the wind his only gateway into whoville what is it what is with the wind is it like blowing this like gas or something that he will die without that explains fascism and bigotry the wind was wrong is it like how when the tide goes out at the beach you can just kind of like walk and mosey around somewhere you normally drown in yes yes you can (laughs) (laughs) also i gotta say yukariah is completely unfazed at the traumatic horror he witnessed in that fucking box I'm surprised that kid isn't, like, permanently just 
destroyed by the trauma, quite frankly. He looks more like he took way too much acid at Woodstock and had a spiritual experience. Well, once he well once he gets off the sedative, he's going to be just shaking and pissing. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to grow up and just realize, what the fuck was that? <laughs> also, Max runs away with him because he's a good boy and he deserves a better home. He does. Yukariah is going to wake up on his front lawn with a killer headache and being like, oh my god, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> also, the Grinch implies that he's gonna come back, so does that mean it's predicting How Christmas? How does dog get here? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, quite frankly. Like, does he, like, come back? Does he actually have the fucking nerve to actually become a kaiju and just stomp on Whoville already? Like, Maybe he's not actually a kaiju, but he can just like project his image to make himself look better, but the rest of him that's not his actual size is basically a hologram. <laughs> Maybe it was just in his imagination. Who knows? Alright, so for Halloween is Grinch Night, do we keep the tapes, put in the donation box, or burn the tapes? Lottie? I think we keep the tapes because I think the special doesn't get as much love as it is because it is so dark. I wonder if that's part of the issue. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to see the story not, the Grinch's story not be all this happy, lovely Christmas, you know, stuff. It can be dark and scary and drug-fueled, apparently. So, yeah, keep it. That's an interesting point, by the way, is that, you know, the Sousa State never really made it a point to completely suppress this and act like it never happened because it got several re-releases. The most recent one was in 2018 on the ultimate edition of the How the Grinch Stole Christmas cartoon, along with the Grinch Grinch is the Cat in the Hat, too. So, yeah. I mean, we were, we were talking about that with Runaway Brain, but, like, I really wish that media conglomerates would actually embrace the scarier sides of their characters more often. It would make people happy. They should do it. Yeah, I gotta give this a huge keep the tapes as well. This is a fun special. Like, it shouldn't work as well as it does, but it does. And it's not afraid to give some really cool art direction, some great songs. It's a really solid prequel to The Grinch overall. And I'd say definitely check it out if you haven't. Definitely a solid keep for me. This is just so beautifully 70s even in the parts that are like kind of flawed they're flawed in like just such a 70s way all right so it's unanimous we're keeping the tapes like i said this is such a great fucking special and again like more franchises and stuff like this need to embrace the scary side like not all the time but like at least once in a while like do something intentionally scary just as a treat, you know? There was something about the late 70s to the early 80s and animation and children's film. They were trying to traumatize your kids. Yes. <laughs> I actually low-key miss that. I love them for more animated movies to just be, what if it was just really fucked up and there's no reason for we it? We need more fucked up, dark, like Black Cauldron, Don Bluth, Ralph Bakshi stuff. Yes. We need more of that. Oh, we do. Yeah. Watch Wendell and Wild on Netflix. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yes. All right. So, Lottie, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot yes! of fun. It was thank a lot yes! of fun. Thank you, best. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I just realized this was a double date. Oh, I was. Yes. Yes! We'll have more of those in the future, I promise. Yay. Yeah. All right. So is there anything you want to plug? Not really. <laughs> I don't have anything. <laughs> um, you mentioned my Twitter follow if you want to see really bad 
jokes and puns. Yeah, some demons, by the way, all one word. Because it's a BuzzFeed Unsolved reference. Yay! You can learn of one of our no escape topics, Ben Bernard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, learn how I've fallen into that pit. Oh (laughs) man. Uh, you can find me over on the usual Mission Breakout Twitter and Discord and vote blue before or on November 8th. Let's save this damn country, please. God, please. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the, uh, yep, the usual Cosmic Rewind on both Twitter and YouTube. Yep, that's it. You can also find me on episodes of various other select podcasts that uh, we have mentioned before. And uh, yeah, please stop voting for Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> It's not funny anymore. No more Republicans. It stopped being funny a while ago. Um, I'm scared. Just vote blue. What are you waiting for? For the love of God, they don't have to be perfect. It is no longer our taxes at stake. It is the planet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can find me on the usual spots. Tyler FG on Twitter. Tyler FG 96 on Instagram. You can find the show at channel underscore KRT on Twitter. Channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram. We also have our Facebook group and our Discord server. And if you want to help support us, you can also check us out on Patreon, where we have exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest convenience. And now we're also on Ko-Fi, where you can also find exclusive minisodes and outtakes, but you can purchase them individually. If you just want to give us money, you can donate whatever you'd like. You know, just do whatever you can to get the word out. So... Give us your yeah, money. Yeah, thank you. And thank <laughs> you to everyone who's already, you know, supported the Ko-Fi page. And of course, thank you to our pals Gomer, Chris Freyna, and Tony Goldmark for pledging us the $10 level. Woo! And a huge thank you to our executive producer, Mike. Channel KRT, go into the paraphernalia wagon. Kids today, so desensitized by movies and television. 